Hello, friends, and welcome. So first off, congratulations to our national officer candidates on being selected as the candidate to represent your state association. You've made it here and you've made it so far on this journey and we're so excited for you. But you may also be wondering, okay, where do I go from here? How do I continue pre preparing along this journey? And that's what we are hoping to do with you today. Um, welcome to the National FFA Officer Candidate Growth Podcast. And um, we hope you've been joining in so far and will continue joining in with us. We'll be recording a few different episodes on a range of topics to help you along this journey as a national officer candidate. Um, I'm Gracie Furnish. I'm from Kentucky, a past national officer from 2017 to 2018. And I'm joined on this episode with three special guests and I will ask them to introduce themselves. Hey y'all, this is Colson McCoy. I've had the wonderful privilege uh, this year to serve as the national FFA president, originally from the Buckeye state of Ohio, where I grew up in Springfield. Saludo familia, I'm Yomar Roman Negron, serving this year as your Southern Region National Vice President, and I'm from Puerto Rico. Hi, my name is Heather Dye, and I work for the Nevada FFA Association as their Executive Director. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for doing this, and um, we're excited to learn from your experience and your wisdom and your perspective um, today. So we'll start off with our first question. This episode is all about knowing yourself and self-discovery, and I'm sure on this journey, so many people have told you how important this is. And so with that first question, um, why is it important for us to know ourselves as candidates, as national officers, and then just as leaders in general? I will say, obviously, if you don't know yourself, if you don't know your why, for deciding to run for national officer, your why in every answer of those questions in the interview, it's gonna be probably a bad time for you um, because it sounds hard, but it's a process that you really need to know who you are because it's a year that you're gonna try to find, to help people to find, find who they are. So it's like not walking while you're talking. So try to, try to really be like a symbol, like an example. You know what? I'm a teenager. I struggle with everything, but I know who I am and I know what I want in this life. So you can be more than a leader, a friend, an example, someone that I can see, okay, he made it, I can. So definitely know who you are in the process. And even the year will help you to keep knowing who you are because we, like every day I learn something new about Yomar. But that's the, that's the best opportunity. Like take those time to learn who you are. Always have an, an open space that, um, person to grow always. I think in the same capacity, the nominating committee every single year, all they want is you and exactly who you are and the best time, uh, the best thing that you can give them is just yourself and having a stronger understanding of who you are and what you stand for and what you believe and what, how that comes into play as a national officer and as a person and the people you would be interacting and engaging with is one of the most valuable things that you can probably bring anyone. I also think on the other side of things, just uh, maybe a little bit more practical, having that confidence and clarity in who you are, uh, there is this kind of underlying sense of humility that goes with it. So you recognize your strengths, you recognize who you are and what you can bring to the table, but it's not about just seeing you know, everything that you are, it's what you have been gifted and blessed with so that you're able to take that and serve the people around you best. And I would just interject everything that they said there, but. Um, also that it by knowing yourself and getting to know yourself it it takes it beyond just being a candidate for national office um you know it's yes that's important with everything they said before uh but it also is beyond national officer whether you become one or not is just 
kind of, you're in a growing stage of your life at this age and um, getting that understanding and your feet on the ground, who you are, that's going to help guide you beyond the process and um, maybe even some other life choices and decisions as you move forward in this stage of your life. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And there's one of my favorite quotes, um, when you're green, you're growing. And when you're ripe, you rot. So we never want to quit growing. We always want to be green. Um, and it's, it's a fun journey. It can be hard at times, like most definitely, but um, it's definitely a fun journey. And Miss Di, um, I know you and I discussed this a little bit, but what's something that you um, really encourage candidates to do when they're talking about their values and things that shape them? How do you encourage them to go about that process and figuring out um, what those things are that they value? One of our my first meetings with uh, our candidates um, is usually, and it's a hard, probably the hardest question I ask them the whole time. They usually tell me it is the hardest question, um, and I give it almost as a homework assignment. But I said I narrowed, I asked them to narrow down. If you were to kind of talk about yourself, what are the three big chunk things that define who you are? Um, and and that could be, I mean, it's different for everybody. And some people have a good grasp of that, but most people, they don't, or they just need to really think about that. And when I say big chunks of things about yourself, I mean, what is, um, what makes you tick? What makes you, you value in your life? A lot of times, you know, it might be family, it might be work ethic, faith. It's just different for everybody. Um, and so I almost make that like a homework assignment for them. And then um, I tell them, you know, ask your best friends, ask your family if you're having a hard time. And even if you think you know, ask them, you know, think of examples. Um, so those are just big, like just three big things that define who you are. And then, then as that homework cadet progresses, and sometimes, you know, I have the um, opportunity that I work with them all year before that uh, as a state officer, so I know them pretty well. And so we, we brainstorm and we talk about it and hash it over a little bit. And then, um, then I keep asking that question in different ways beyond that. Um, and encourage them as they're asking those questions, um, you know, preparing for some of those personal rounds, um, asking it in a different way, but then being able to use that, that same, same knowledge of who they are and incorporate that um, into those answers and maybe in different examples as they think about that. I love that, that's awesome. Um, Colson and Yomar, did that look similar for you all, a similar type process? Um, any, anything else to add to that? Yeah, 100%. I think an important point to note is these are questions that we even we still ask ourselves. And I think that their conversations mm -hmm. as a candidate are so valuable to revisit multiple times. Uh, I mean, I think about the times where I was really sitting down and contemplating what, what are the values I believe? What are things that I would like to exude the most, those top three things that I exude the most in the, in the process to make sure that everything I am is showing up. Mm -hmm. And I think in that process, it was a lot of conversations with friends and family and just externally processing, even if that's journaling, maybe if that's something a little bit more specific to uh, someone, but I think it's just having those conversations of, when you see me, what are like the top, even asking friends, like what are the top three things that you hear or that you see or perceive uh, when you have conversations with me or in my actions? And I think sometimes an important note too is, what are the three things that you believe you value the most and what are the three things that you exude the most and do those align? And, and asking yourself, how can, I progressed to a place where I, I really strongly believe uh, in these things that define who I am. And I'm also expressing them at the same time. And even now, I mean, as you grow as a person, you're always revisiting those conversations and you can never revisit it enough. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, most definitely. And I love how you said it's like a continuous thing and how you all continuously come back to these questions, because hopefully if you're doing this journey right as a candidate, these things don't stop. Right. If you get elected or if you don't, it continues on after um, that week of interviews. So with all that being said, like you all talked about different people, um, talked about that process of values and reflection. What what are some of the best tools? So other tools and resources to help you know yourself. Yourself is always about you. You know, um, I remember when I decided to run for national officer, uh, you need your, the sign of your advisor. And Ms. Avedra told me, I'm not gonna sign this paper until you tell me who you are and why that Joma wants to be a national officer. And it took me a long time because you can, people are gonna always talk nice things about you, always say, yeah, you talk a lot, or, oh my gosh, I'm time, Yoma, because you talk too much. So people tell me that I talk too much, so that's good, but for other people, I was going. <laughs> and the best thing for me was like sitting in my, in my room, open a notebook and write all the things positive that I have, that I know that I have, and all the negative, being real with myself and see myself in the mirror. Okay, why I really want to be an national officer? I, probably the first thing that comes to your mind is, I want to give back what I have been given for this organization. But it's beyond that. There's more stuff beyond just giving back because you're just not gonna, after you retire as a national officer, done. I, get, I pay in one year what I receive in four or five years. But you actually want to serve others you need to understand all the ways you can serve. And before doing that, know how the person inside of you can do it. Because for me, I know that communication and being in front of any or in front of someone like in person is very important for me. So I, I from the beginning I knew that working virtually is gonna be difficult. So when I challenge this year, but working in Zoom or any kind of ways to communicate with members, I already knew, okay, this is my weakness. So I need to work hard here. So knowing really who you are, be serious, be like, okay, let's be honest. It's here in your heart, always. People can help you, people can be, give you nice wisdom and opinions, but it's up to you. At this point, it's your heart. Yeah, if there's anything I might add, I think you Omar spoke well to the internal aspect of it, which is a large, large part of it. Um, externally, there are great tools and resources that you can lean on to help kind of guide that internal discussion you have. Uh, whether that is, you know, close family or friends, people that you trust and you feel really know you well, or I mean, if there's also Myers-Briggs and there's the Enneagram and there's all of um, these other things, past employers are a huge resource too, uh, seeing the way that you interact with others. I mean, of course, there are countless external resources that you can go just type in personality tests online and just don't take them as the end all be all, but as a tool to kind of guide your own self facilitation of self discovery. The only thing I'd add to that is teammates too. Um, teammates, maybe it's your FFA advisor or other people that you've worked with in those situations and teammates in FFA and maybe outside FFA too. Mm -hmm. um, and to, cause sometimes we just don't know, don't realize what we are, what we do put out there. And, and maybe we have some perception of how we respond to this situation or not, and others can do that. Or sometimes we just don't notice things that we do all the time. And so I would say lean on those. Those are tools as, as well, um, in addition to what they've already said. Mm -hmm. And along with that too, I, you all mentioned Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and Finder. I think books that ask you these types of questions, those can be super helpful and um, seeking out like those resources too, which I think is super awesome. 
So with that, I know Yomar and all of you all have brought this up, um, the why, the why you want to run for national office. And a lot of times candidates um, will say it's because I want to give back to the organization. And yes, I mean, if, if that's not at least one reason why you're running, then yeah, thinking through that. But how do you verbalize why you want to run for national office? How do you all, um, Yomar and Colson, how did you all verbalize it? Ms. Dye, how do you encourage candidates to verbalize why they want to run? My immediate mind kind of goes into how can you enter into the world of someone else, bring them back into your world, and then revisit their world once more. And I think that was probably, that was the constant mental process that I went through throughout the whole nominee committee process. Of course, we say the stories are the currency of human connection. So if you want to share and convey who you are, maybe a story where you apply something that was valuable and important to you is a really great place to start. I remember when I had this really good mentor and he has been a part of my FFA journey since at least my sophomore year, I think. We met by chance, uh, total accident, but he, I walked into his office one time, works at a manufacturing company and walked into this big office and he said, Colson, how do you plan to uphold your why beyond your year as a national officer? And I was like, whew, shoot dang. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a deep question. Uh, but I'm also really glad that he brought that up because I think an important thing we have to understand too is your why can go so far beyond the blue jacket. And I think the reality is sometimes you're going to have to be able to ground yourself beyond the blue jacket in the organization. A lot of days as a national officer when things get tough. And I think for me personally, it was just as soon as when I was able to get to a place and I told myself that I knew I wanted to love, I knew I wanted to lead and I knew I wanted to serve in some capacity. I wanted to be able to do those three things. And if that was national office, fantastic. That is incredible. If it's not national office, I'm going to continue to love and I'm going to continue to lead. And I'm going to continue to serve in some capacity. Uh, who knows what that looks like, but having a why that is sustaining beyond that year that you can still use and apply to the present moment as a national officer. So if you're going to say love, lead, and serve, or whatever capacity might be for yourself, how does that apply to national office? How can you bring them into your world, back into their world, and so on? I think that's just a, it's a constant mental um, kind of a puzzle. It's not easy. <laughs> um, it's a conversation, I think, that continues to grow. And even if you, you're wise to serve, like I will definitely resonate with all the things that Colson say, but you need to understand, you need to serve, you want to serve, okay, but probably in your year of service or in your life, you're not gonna help the people directly. Probably, you know, Colson, the, the national president, gave a keynote, inspired me, and then I, I went to my home and inspired the people. So you need to understand probably your why is not gonna be directly. It's just gonna be a tool. It's just gonna be like a, a pocket knife. Our multiple, our multiple use in someone's pocket. When you need it, I got something here for you. I, need some, I, have some, I hear some more really, really strong words from a national officer or a teenager in the airport because probably like your why is not always going to be delivered in the blue jacket. So you need to always have that in mind. So you need to understand, okay, I'm going to have always this, this why in my hands. I'm going to put it on the table. Use it as you want it, but I see it for you. So also have that in mind. I would ask, I would just add on the why part of it too. Um, I think candidates sometimes go too broad on the why, you know, well, I want to serve. Um, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I, I always ask them to go deeper. Well, how? Give me an example. You know, give me a couple examples. And that, that leads to some of those stories and stuff because everybody does want to serve. 
But um, when you get in this process and even beyond, I mean, that's a very generic wide open. So how do you specifically want to serve as a national office? So that would be the only other thing I'd add as far as when people are preparing for it, what, what is that going to look like? Give me tangible things of how you are going to serve. Um, and that can cross over to a lot of the other questions too. So anytime there's kind of that generic, I want people to think and brainstorm how they can actually get that done um, or in, in the role as a national officer. Um, so that would just be another add on to the why of, of give me, give me specifics. What are you going to do? That's mm -hmm. great. <laughs> and I think it's all about knowing that you are a unique individual. You are a unique candidate. Yes. All the candidates have a passion for service, but how are you going to tell the committee specifically how you are going to serve in a unique way? Or what's that story that has led you to where you are right now? And um, on to this next part of our question, and we've talked about this a little bit about having conversations with different people. So who are some people you all suggest having conversations with? And we have an episode all about mentors and resources and supporters. Um, who are some of those people that you um, had conversations with for Colson and Yomar Mistah? Who are people that you encourage candidates to have these types of self-discovery um, conversations with? I will say people that have to obviously and if you're talking about running for national officer your why how um or any question someone that has already experienced in the fa in more than two or three years a past national officer a state advisor your teacher and someone that also knows what you're dealing with so they can really give you a feedback um an opinion or some advice that is going to be helpful in your journey as a candidate or in your life in your, like it has to be someone that really knows what you're working with. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I probably wouldn't add much beyond that. It's a balance of passion and practicality. Uh, you know, someone who can speak to that world of FFA and at the same time, the, the practicality of it, of what does it really look like? Um, yeah, so I wouldn't add too much. I think that's good. I would say that um, it's okay to get constructive feedback from somebody that's maybe not related to FFA that knows you well. So for that um, kind of the, the, the self-discovery, the what's you know, important to us, but you're right. Um, sometimes when you get feedback from people like that, they're gonna give you something that's more relevant to their world. So um, I always say like people, you know, we'll bring business and industry and you practice interviewing. And I don't wanna say that's a bad idea because they, they, they can give you feedback, but their interviewing is how are you gonna do this job for me? And they're not necessarily interested in a behavioral interview, um, which we know is a big chunk of running for national office. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, go to those people outside the FFA world that maybe know you well, that can give you feedback on discovering who, who you are. But definitely, just like they said before, it go to somebody that gets what this process is going to look like, what FFA is about, and then they can give you the feedback you need on that side of things. Mm -hmm. This is another um, kind of off of this topic, but a theme that I've heard you all bring up is um, it's about you even outside of FFA. I think a lot of times as candidates, we can get so focused just on the organization or just on the blue jacket, but you are a whole person. Um, FFA is very important to you. You are a leader in FFA. You are a candidate for the National FFA organization, but you are a whole person outside of FFA. And so, um, going to talk to those people who have been coaches and mentors, friends that don't have a relation to FFA, but then definitely having those people that you go to um, that have a relation to FFA and also not being afraid to share about yourself outside of the jacket. Like what are those experiences that you've had beyond FFA? Because the nominating committee wants to see you um, as a well-rounded person, most definitely. 
So in, in the FFA world, we are known a lot for journaling. Um, everybody's like, oh, journal, journal, journal. Um, some people that just doesn't work. So um, what are some other routes? Um, if you journal, great, I'm a journaler. Um, but what are some other routes for um, self-reflection and taking that time to think through these questions, think through your growth? Um, what are some tools and resources that you all um, would suggest to candidates? There are probably hundreds of contemplative practices uh, that are unique to the individual. I would actually recommend like going on Google and search contemplative practices, and there will be a massive list. And you, it might actually be quite beneficial for yourself beyond um, the process too. But recognize the things that fill your buckets uh, to where you can just kind of maybe like for me, it's hammocking. I like I just love hammocking. Uh, just being able to go out, find some trees somewhere on campus, and just live you know live your life. Uh, another way is, you know, maybe you're walking in between classes and something for you is listening to a podcast um, or perhaps it's just giving a phone call to someone. I think find the things that speak to your you in your moment and it, it's going to give you the headspace and the heart space to be able to reflect on uh, what you really need to be thinking about leading up to the whole process. And so that can look different uh, mm -hmm. for everyone. But I think it, in terms of self-reflection for me, you know, it, it might have been uh, probably the two biggest ones was just hammocking and being able to get out and just work with my hands, uh, whether that's like <laughs> building things or planting things, something where it, maybe even it might sound crazy is slightly mindless. It's just you're doing this work and you're able just to kind of ponder uh, very deep questions yep. um, to yourself. And also, go hammock, ride, sing, jump, <laughs> um, just whatever you want, but don't feel forced that you have to do it every day. Like every time, every time I, I did, I in the process, even now, I don't see it every day and write. Mm -hmm. I really do it what I feel I must. And I feel, okay, I have a lot inside of me. I got to take it out. If it works for you every day, perfect. That's okay. Always do the things that work for you. And don't try to like, okay, but I hear, or they suggest me to, no, 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 no. Always listen to your heart and say, okay, this is what works for me. I feel safe here. But don't feel the pressure that you need to every day fill three pages of passion and wisdom and oh I'm gonna like help everyone. No, like not every day our tongue is on fire. And that's okay. They take it easy. They take that moment to just enjoy every day until the day you say, okay, I wanna write some stuff. Or I'm gonna go hammock. I'm gonna build. I feel this is the day. So I'll always have that in mind. Always. I would add that some people I know um, exercise is kind of their time to reflect, um, even if it's just a walk, a, you know, a simple walk or, or a hike. Um, some people do it with exercising, you know, like jogging every morning, whatever it might be, um, as is definitely, I would encourage that as well too, as kind of that physical activity kind of gets the, the, the mind thinking in that direction as well. Mm -hmm. I love all of those. And it's so cool because it's different for everybody. And so don't think that what one candidate does is what you have to do. You just got to know yourself and do what works for you. With that as well, thinking through some of these big, deep topics and pondering those things and having the time to do that. How, how do you all encourage candidates and how do you all yourselves like think through what you want to accomplish, um, what you want to accomplish personally. Um, and then also as a national officer candidate, um, and as a national officer, but then also just as a leader in general. How do you all think through those goals um, and think through um, why has been something we've talked a lot about. So how do you all um, think through those things? 
Uh, for, for me this year, when I want to get elected, I obviously have a lot of things in my mind. Being a Latina, I'm like, also, I want to just meet all the Latinos in the organization going to Arizona, Texas. Like, it was, a, I have already a lot of ideas. But, and Gracie, you, you know, as a, as a past national officer, this year is full of crazy moments. <laughs> and, like, you probably, Mercedes is going to give you a schedule and probably it's not going to work. You know, you're always changing some stuff. So, you need to know, like, this year in life, it's not about uh, a list and you're gonna like, okay, I did this and I did it. And I don't, I don't have to do it one more time or it's gonna be in order. Just, again, we go back to the why. This is my why and I'm gonna live it every day. And if you, for some reason, have some of those things that you have in mind, good. If not, it's okay, keep doing it because I think we go back to the why. If your why is strong and you know why you're here, you know why you, be, why you want to be a candidate, a national officer, you don't actually gonna have like a pocket list. You're just going to go out, work for the people around you, surf, and see what happens. It might be beneficial just to take the reality yeah. of what, like the candidates who are tuning in now are going to be going into. And the reality is we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just genuinely don't know. And I mean, in our case, of course, it's natural to run with a certain expectation. We ran with the expectation of, of you know, being gone 300 days out of the year and the expectation that we probably wouldn't be or with our family a lot. And both of those things did a full 180. Um, and I think, which was okay, but I think we can ground ourselves in, um, you know, there was a lot of things that exceeded expectations as well. And we're, there's going to be those silver linings throughout the whole process. But um, in response to your question, Gracie, I think just kind of anchoring yourself to the goals and anchoring, your, anchoring yourself to the why is going to be what gets you through. It, it's tough when you don't know what to expect to say, I want to do A, B, C, and D. Um, rather, how about just perhaps have some goals, have a why that you can constantly mm -hmm. anchor back to. And let's say, you know, in theory, um, you find yourself in a moment where you can understand your surroundings and you say, okay, how am I living out this goal? How can I live out this goal? How can I live out this why in this present moment where I'm living right now? I think that's probably something uh, that might be the most valuable, especially going into a season that we just don't know. Um, what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I would um, also, even beyond the, the situation we're in right now, <laughs> but um, be willing to give yourself a little bit of grace um, because I do think um, any, any situation you go into, um, obviously national office, running for national office or, you know, state office or any of those, you have um, some pretty big goals and ideas when you first enter it um, and things don't go like you want. I mean, and yeah. And you're going to have down days, even preparing for national office. You're going to, you're going to question like, oh my gosh, have I, is this, is this right for me? You know what I mean? Or how am I juggling all this right now? And so give yourself grace to know that you're going to have bad days. Um, and that doesn't mean you quit or you give up, but then you kind of go back, back to the, you know, okay, this was, a, you know, lay this one to bed. It's done. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. Um, and I can refocus on what I wanted to achieve. It might have to change a little bit, might look a little different. But just kind of giving yourself grace, because I think we're um, we're all pretty big achievers. Even if you got it on the strengths finder or not, I mean, you're in a spot. If you're there, you're an achiever at some level. Um, and so that's hard to sometimes give yourself the grace to say, "Wow, that didn't go exactly like I wanted at all." Um, and um, know that you're still doing good. You just might have to redirect, give yourself a break, and kind of think think things through differently. And I say that without a pandemic going on. Um, and I want to say that 10 times more with the pandemic going on that you need to consider that. 
I love the part of giving yourself grace. We're all humans. And if we think about people that have influenced us or that we've connected with the most, it's because they showed us their human side. And so just knowing like, have that grace with yourself. Um, if you have a down day, that's okay. Take a break. Um, and just really just thinking about who you are to your core. I know we talked about that at the beginning and just showing that to the nominating committee. They just want to know you. And so, um, just, just learning how you can grow the best you can, um, and just being ready and adaptable for whatever may come your way. So coming up here on the end, so um, the competency. So all candidates, um, if you've read the handbook, you know about the competencies. Um, and a lot of times candidates will ask, okay, how do I even um, get started on these competencies? Or how do I tell um, stories and answers that hit the competencies? And so with that, how um, should candidates reflect on those big topics, the competencies, and then how do they share um, different stories and different examples um, and the application of those in their life? I, I think uh, something important, and honestly, I think just from my own personal experience, there were it, very rarely did I see myself in the moment of an interview thinking to a competency. Uh, I think it's just like very like, kind of like in the moment and you're expressing how you perceive that question. Uh, but I think that's probably an important thing too, because uh, you know, this process, I feel like maybe we might be doing a disservice if, if we do lock ourselves in too much to like uh, hit just answering it perfectly and you know, finding the question behind the question. And um, mm -hmm. it's really, this preparation leading up to the process isn't to prepare for the process itself. It's just to prepare yourself, to prepare your heart, um, and to prepare what you're going to be bringing there. Um, of course, I think it certainly is valuable to take a moment to pause and say, okay, these are the things that um, should exude from a national officer throughout their year. So how do they maybe apply to me? Um, how can I, how can I express that in my own personal life. Of course, don't lock yourself. So in summary, don't lock yourself to those competencies, but certainly consider how they might apply to your life and just who you are as a person, even before looking at them. Yeah. Well, I agree with all of that. Definitely. Yes. I um, go in a little bit more specific usually with them. We, we look at the competencies, obviously, and, and look at the big, pic big, big chunks, I guess you could call it. So um, you know, at some point you're probably going to get a question about teamwork. That's a big area. So I ask them to reflect on, um, kind of like when think of a story or a situation where you were on a super positive team and, and what did you learn and, and why was it positive? You know, on the flip side, when were you on a team that maybe it wasn't the high functioning team and what, what was the problem or what went wrong and what was your role? What did you learn? So I, I try to take them so they think again, um, think in those big picture, not like to answer a certain competency, but to think, because sometimes we don't reflect on those good situations, those bad situations and what we learned and why they went the way they did. Um, and so that's where I, I ask, like I said, the big topics, you know what I mean? Teamwork, um, communications, whatever those big ones are and make them think about it both sides. I also um, encourage them, I say this a lot, they probably get tired of it, my candidates, but like we're trying to fill your toolbox. And I mean, mm -hmm. fill your toolbox with stories um, and situations that you've thought through already. Um, and you may never use, you know, 50% of those stories at this point through the process, but at least you've had, a, you've, you've thought about them, you've filled your toolbox with like, oh yeah, I can think of two or three stories that relate to teamwork if there's a question related to it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I, I dig deeper into the competencies and think, think bigger. Um, and really a lot of my candidates I asked even before this call was, um, what did you like about it, the preparation and everything, and you know, to share with others. And they, 
they said that they really did enjoy that self-reflection on some of those big topics like teamwork. Um, and it made him realize who they were, kind of back to that, who, who am I? Um, by thinking of those stories and how they responded or what they learned from it. So um, I do think that even though, we're, yes, we're preparing for a process, I feel like it's also a good self-reflection um, beyond, beyond national office. Mm -hmm. This has been so incredible. And just hearing all the different perspectives and different tips for our candidates, it's awesome. And knowing that every single candidate has an incredible story, they have a toolbox, um, and just going in there and being your authentic self. So every single candidate out there has an incredible story to share and not being selfish in the way that you share and just knowing that um, in order to serve other people, you have to know yourself. And then in order to know yourself and then serve other people, then you can go out and empower others um, throughout your year of service and beyond. Um, like we said, this process just isn't about being a candidate and it's not just about the interviews, it's about your life. And um, I think that's super cool and we're very blessed in this organization to have those opportunities. So thank you all so much um, for joining in and we hope you join into the rest of our episodes.